What have we learned about Heidi? But cockroaches were the least of her problems. Heidi had to fight for every opportunity. You know, Heidi is, even though she's very kind of sweet and innocent. Heidi wanted out of the slum, and her agent wasn't doing enough. Oh my God, they moved Heidi right next to me now. Although Heidi seems serene. She is, she's a bit naughty. She uses an ancient folk remedy to help calm her down. Heidi is back. towards the weekend. Happy Thursday, everybody. Heidi Glaus here with Josh Gilbert, Connor over on the board. And I got to tell you, I've just been uh, so, I guess, speechless about this mother who took her own life and the life of these four beautiful kids. And I just wanted to start the show as a reminder. We have such a fantastic not-for-profit in the St. Louis area, Crisis Nursery really works to prevent this sort of thing. They will uh, take the kids without asking any questions if, you know, mom or dad or whomever is taking care of feels overwhelmingly stressed. They also provide some counseling, all of that free of charge. So I just, if you know anyone, if you see something, just remember that we have St. Louis Crisis Nursery right here, and they've been doing this work for so many years. It's open 24-7 and just always there for families in crisis. Just a quick reminder, because I I immediately, I saw the story and I thought, oh, well, this is a, you know, an angry ex. It never even crossed my mind that it was this beautiful mother and anyway uh stories like that i can't even think about them yeah because it just takes you to the weirdest darkest places uh such a very sad story yeah so somebody else pointed out i guess there were also three dogs so it's just uh it's an awful story obviously making national news but just a reminder that there is help here in st louis so many different organizations that can help with mental health or when a family is in crisis and just make sure that you reach out to someone if you or a loved one is feeling that. Switching gears, I just want to tell you what we have coming up. We're going to uh, be joined by the president of Byerly RV because there is a big RV show going on this weekend at America Center and You can always go out to Byerly and step in and out of as many as you want, but this kind of puts everything under one roof, and there are so many people there to answer questions. But we'll talk to Warren coming up here at 3.30 to find out how many trailers they're going to be taking down. I always find it fascinating, like the dance they have to do to get all of these RVs in because you're talking about 
motorhomes and travel trailers, and some of them are massive, and you've got so many other dealers there. So it's kind of like this beautiful little dance backing them in, and we'll get all of the deets on that. We'll also uh, check in with Greg Willard, SLU law professor, and of course uh, our KTRS legal analyst. And this ruling in Alabama on IVF, and I was searching because I wanted to know, you know how many people use IVF and it's kind of shocking what all of this means it's the percentages and it's uh this is a personal not that any of these decisions aren't but really personal decisions for family so what does this mean moving forward is this something that um other states will follow suit uh, CDC says 4 million babies born each year in the U.S. are conceived via in vitro fertilization. Yeah. Um, and up to 600,000 embryos are frozen and being stored right now. Yeah. Since, well, that was those were numbers from 2020. Okay. So I want you to look through your sheet because you might have one of mine. Do I have one of yours? I, I think so. Uh, we'll figure it out. But this this case is just so weird because... It doesn't sound the the lawsuit that this stems from. Someone, and it said a patient, wandered into the to the lab and was messing around and doing stuff they weren't supposed to, and dropped a couple of embryos on the floor mm-hmm. and destroyed them. And the parents or the the people that created these wanted to use them someday, so they sued for um, what was it a uh, uh, loss of life or. Um, I can't remember exactly what the lawsuit was. Wrongful death lawsuit. So they had to establish, well, was this a wrongful death lawsuit? Were these living or considered lives? But it's thrown a wrench into a system that, from what I can tell, no one really had a problem with before this. Well, I'm sure there were people that had a problem with it, but... I, in the whole thing that has has swept the nation when it came to uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, when it comes to the the whole conversation of um, uh, pro-life, pro-choice, I've never heard in vitro fertilization, IVF, the embryo issue, I've never heard it brought up. But uh, now all of a sudden it's... I think it's been brought up. As as far as that goes, especially with conservatives, as far as kind of when life starts. But this is a whole nother level. I mean, when when life starts, okay. But have, have there been calls to shut down clinics? I mean, these are just p- people who have, for one reason or another, are unable to conceive... And they just want to have families. And, right. and now the clinics down in Alabama are closed because they don't want to face unnecessary punishment or lawsuits because of what they've been doing for the last 10, 20, 30 years. So, well, I mean, I, I think there's always the other side of it. I mean, there's so many people against stem cell research. And so I'm going to venture out and say absolutely 
there are people that have been against this for years, but... Okay, well, there's people that are against everything. Yes. Give me something and I'll find someone who's against it. No, but that's what I'm saying. To say that you've never heard anything that people being against this, I I think that's... Anecdotally, I have not heard the the There hasn't probably been a a lawsuit like this. Right. And so that's why we're going to bring in Greg Willard to kind of sort through this. Will it lead to other states following Alabama's lead in this? Um, I don't know. We'll talk to him and find out. Then in the uh, 4 o'clock at about 4.50, we'll also check in, find out what's going on with this – Russian informant. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but moving forward, do we know anything else? What is an FBI informant? Are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Are they somewhere in between? How do we, you know, decide that we're going to trust them? We'll get his expert opinion on that. Then in the five o'clock, we got the top five at five. We'll talk a little sports with KTRA sports director Brendan Weezy. Because I saw uh, the Cardinals have announced like four possible players to be, you know, in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. I have no idea how we decide who's even on that ballot and who votes. Do fans vote? Is that internal to Cardinal players? I wanted to get uh, Brendan's thoughts on that and then... March Madness is going to be here before you know it. And as you heard Captain Paul say, Penn State upset Illinois. It's going to be real madness this March, it seems like. It just seems like it's kind of an open field as far as that goes. Then in the uh, 5 o'clock, we'll talk a little entertainment and we'll wrap this show up with some randoms. I saw this last night and I'm like, oh, I've got to hold on to this because – Almost everything on the list I was checking off. But how middle-aged are you? And I have decided that I am extremely middle-aged. You'll hit it one day, Josh. Um, middle-aged? Yeah. Aren't I there? Mm, I think middle-aged is, is more... I think, I think Josh has been there. What? It's <laughs> almost like a mindset more than uh, an right. actual number. Is yeah. it, age ain't nothing but a number, but is is it a state of mind? I think there is a certain age. You can Google it. I think maybe 50 hits it, maybe 45. Is it moving now that we're still, getting older? I mean, my mom. As our lifespans, you mean? Yeah. My mom's in her 70s. Right. And I don't think she would mind me telling people that because it's true. But I don't necessarily look at her as elderly. Is that yeah? Is that fair? And what is elderly? I'm sure there's a there's a medical term for it. You know, remember when Connor? Remember when Guy came in and said he was at the doctor's office and they they said he was pre-elderly, pre-elderly. Well, <laughs> yeah, he might just be elderly now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so here are some things that mean possibly your middle age. You can't find your glasses. That's why I had to put a drawer in the kitchen and I know exactly where they are because I was not able to find them. Uh, Have you checked the top of your head? Yeah, that's, that is the first place. <laughs> Don't you ever like not put them in the drawer though and then you're like wondering where you put them? Well, I, I do this sometimes, no, no, no. not with glasses. But. Connor, 
I have about eight pair. Oh, okay. So, so they're always in the drawer. even if that one right. is somewhere else, I know that there's a drawer full of them. You ever do this, the, the remote for the TV? Uh-huh. For whatever reason, someone brings it into the kitchen. You know, you're walking and talking with it, and then you set it down. I will tear the living room up from top to bottom, the couch cushions, tip the couch over. I will refuse to stop until I find the remote, but I will never check the kitchen. So if someone brings the the living room remote into a a different room, you might as well count that gone. Yeah. Mm. Because why would I even why would I even bother looking in any other room? It's got to be here. Who would take the remote into any other room? You know what I'm saying? And it could have been you. And it, and well, many occasions it has been me. Well, yeah. I think you just forget you have it in your hand. Right. You just all of a sudden something else comes up and you're you walk somewhere and then you set it down. And you're like, oh yeah. Uh, another one. You have at some point dialed a rotary phone. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Connor, have you ever? Seen one of these? In, I've done in it for life. like for fun. For fun, but not to really. Uh, yeah, it was. Call ne- it was never like the phone in my house. No, we always we, had. We saw one at a museum one time. No, I mean, well, yes, <laughs> yeah. but no. <laughs> I mean, like you know, like little shop, antique shops, and whatnot. Oh, okay. See, a museum and an antique shop uh-huh. doesn't count. Well, uh, you've got a bruise, and you're not quite sure how it got there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You write appointments on a paper calendar, and I'm so guilty of that. I we don't. I wish we had one. Well, you can get one. And just the, I have the little pocket one. Like a little book. I want yeah. one for like the family. Well, there's so plenty of those you can put on the fridge or walk up else. to the wall and consult the the calendar rather than keep asking my wife over and over. You know, you can do that. I know when. Did the wall phone that you walked up to and you picked up the thing and you and you talked into the other thing, uh, when did that go away? I never used one of those. And like the candlestick phone where you held the thing in your left hand and you held the thing mm-hmm. up to you. Hello? I, think, I think you're going back a little too far. Too far? Too yeah, far Yeah, that's, that's been a minute. It's like Alexander Graham Bell. Right. Uh, it's like the first phone. But you've called a 30-year-old, a kid... Yeah. Uh, you fix typos or your paper calendar with whiteout. Again, guilty. I mean, years ago, maybe. You can't start a movie past 9 p.m. That that one's tough. How many of those do you guys relate to? Let us know on the Woods Basement Systems I text did, We line. watch the worst TV. For, and sometimes we even go, you know, for a couple hours. Just because, oh, it's too late to start something. Uh, always. <laughs> always. We did a couple nights ago. We're like, can we just watch Golden Girls? Yeah. And that's where we're. Let's just watch The Office again. Gosh. So many great uh, <laughs> things that remind us of just where we are in this world. I didn't realize, but uh, National Chili Day. And we had chili last night. And again, so many uh, questions. This is crazy to me. I've never had chili over rice, but a lot of people, that's the way they eat chili. Chili over rice? No, I know over spaghetti, you got chili, you know, mac. mac. Um, Is that a regional thing? Rito chili pie, I know, is a thing. I haven't had it. I'm not against it. No. I mean, on a baked potato, yes. Chili? 
I've done that quite a bit. Chili over rice. Mm-hmm. Where is that from? Is that like a... I don't know. I've never had it. Hmm. So somebody else is adding, what about when the TV actually went off with the Star Spangled Banner? Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody the, else saying yes, all of them. This is the end of our daily broadcast. Uh-huh. And then the... Uh, then, yeah, the little, the, the the colored bars and the... The color bars would come up. And then really long time ago, the Native American head would pop up. Mm. And it would just kind of be that, you know, off the air. Yeah. I'm trying to read this. Our texts always jump around. But somebody said I broke my arm really badly in December. I went into the orthopedic surgeon the next day. They took an X-ray, and I had the remote to the TV in my sleeve. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's wait in the cast. Well, I, not yeah, in the cast. It, it, says I think... in the, it says in the sling. It says in the sling. Oh, in the yeah. sling. Like they it were watching TV. Honey, funny. Anyone seen the remote? <laughs> I can't uh, find that darn thing anywhere. That is, yeah, it happens. It happens. No, no. Somebody it said sometimes they put a scoop of uh, grape jelly in their chili. We've so, heard that before. Little sweet with the salty. Somebody else pointing out it's also National Margarita Day. Hmm. Yeah, and then going back to when you know you're middle aged, dial up internet, long distant calls, and prepaid calling cards. Oh, that's that was going down to college. If I wanted to call back home, yeah. Pay. Can you re- imagine long paying for long distance now? I mean, that almost seems quaint to think about. Like, oh, you used Did to you have say to quaint. Yes, quaint. No. Um, Connor, <laughs> have you ever heard of paying for long distance phone calls? I mean, I've heard of it, but I, I've, I've definitely never See? done it. Yeah, you know, uh, and it's like it's like normal now that. If I had a landline phone and I just picked it up and called New York, would Mark Dorsey get a bill for that? I don't think so. I, don't I wouldn't think so. Uh, I remember because right? I've been looking at my, my cell phone plan. When I was a kid, they would advertise like limits on minutes, right? But does do yeah. those even exist? Yeah. <laughs> does, does anyone not have limit, oh, unlimited minutes? I think there are uh, certain... Parents that will do it for kids so you don't go over a, an amount or you're... Right, but like adults aren't going to buy like, oh, I only need 100 minutes this month, right? Do they even offer those anymore? Well, it's, yeah. Does it I cost them do, anything? I think they do it in different, especially if you have like a throwaway phone, right? Well, sure, oh, like, a, like a burner, yeah, the, will come with this many minutes. Right. But I mean, if you have like AT&T, can you say, I, I only want 50 minutes this month? Is that even an option you're yeah. saying? Yeah. I know that data... Yeah, has, sure. Data limits, still, yeah. So you can't yeah. like be surfing the web, you know, or text. That's so like, All oh, month. you only have fifty texts this month, and then you got to charge per text. But yeah. isn't that remember, kind of the modern way of saying the same? Do you yeah. remember the, every every time we sent a text, it was twenty five cents. Yeah. Do you remember that? So that, does that still like exist? Like, I don't. I can't like imagine. Thing? I can't imagine that that's a thing. Do you know how much I would have been charged just today? On text, text messages. I was going to say just during today. the show, just watching you look show. down at your phone and texting probably quite a bit as I far mean, as that goes. And then, you know, there was a setting in your phone where you could go and hit the screen and it would tell you how many minutes you had left. And you'd really have to get off the phone with something. You know, yeah. hey, I got to go. I'm running out of minutes. So true. Uh, somebody said that they think after a certain amount of minutes, 
some carriers lower the bandwidth. Speaking of, anybody out there have AT&T? I did not have cell service all morning until uh, it's probably 1 o'clock, maybe 1230, and it just said SOS. Yeah, SOS. Where it has the bars. And then you're kind of thinking, oh, my gosh, what if somebody needs me? What if? But I was still getting text messages. Because you were hooked up to your um, Wi-Fi yes. in your own house. And that's how the data comes over when you're in your own house. I had cell service all day. Uh, my wife didn't. My mom calls me and says, oh, do you have cell service? I've, I've got it. I don't know what everyone's talking about. And then it cut off. And she followed up and sent me a text and said, oh, it just went off. Spoke too soon. <laughs> Spoke too soon. Yeah. By the Man. way, I walked outside this morning to oh, take Finn to school. Number yeah. one, it was gorgeous. It's a beautiful morning. And the smell of a nice campfire was in the air. Mm. Did you smell that? Apparently something is burning in Arkansas, and it has wafted all the way up here. I don't know if it's dissipated. I did not. It was just uh, you know a nighttime, uh, early morning thing, but I walked outside to take Finn to school, and it smelled awesome. Wow. Uh, somebody pointed out chili, o- chili over rice is prominent in Hawaii. I love it. My mom started doing that after a military tour there. I brought chili into work one day with rice, and my coworkers were never it. They thought I was crazy. That's Eddie and Ferguson. What's the difference between putting it Nothing. on top of rice and putting it on top of noodles? Yeah. Uh, too funny. You guys have some great uh, texts, and we'll continue to to get to these. But, well, you were talking about, uh, you know, spending money on all of those collect calls and then the prepaid. What you need to think is saving money. And Together Credit Union can help you with that in a couple of different ways. And on top of that, they're the official banking partner with City SC. And the debit card alone is reason to check it out. That is cool, but then you also get all kinds of deals when you are at a St. Louis City game. But that's just kind of the the icing on the cake, if you will. Together Credit Union has some guaranteed ways to grow your money right now with two limited-time CD promotions. The first option is an 11-month CD term with a 5.40%. That's annual percentage yield. And then the second one is a 19-month CD term with a 5.00% annual percentage yield. Now, both options require a minimum balance of $1,000, but you just put that $1,000 in and then sit back and watch your money grow. It's something great to do for Finn. If you have a, a kid, just to kind of start that account, you can learn more about all the different programs and products that Together Credit Union offers. Just go to togethercu.org. Coming up, we're going to talk to Warren Patton with Firely RV. The big RV show at America Center is this weekend. We have all the details. My favorite weekends of the year, the big STL RV travel show is this weekend at America Center. And you know my friends at Byerly RV are going to be there showing off some of the coolest RVs on the market. Warren Patton is the president of Byerly RV and joins us with some info. It's so good to see you. Yeah, it's great to see you. I always wonder, 
how you guys maneuver to get all of these trailers and big, you know, motorhomes in there on top of each other. It, it has to be like a well choreographed dance. Uh, we're going to pretend like it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's one RV at a time. Uh, it's it's you got nine of the nine of the dealers in St. Louis, nine of the most trusted family owned local dealers in St. Louis moving in. We have three doors to move them in, and uh, you know, we got five halls down there. It's kind of amazing. Uh, it's really good to see it when it's all done. Uh, it's a little bit of chaotic when you're trying to get it in there, but uh, but the dealers were moving nice this year. It was it was moving along pretty pretty good. And it seems like you guys bring more than anybody else because you bring your whole like parts and accessories yes. with you. Absolutely, we have uh, for many years. This has been been a kind of our thing because we have this huge parts store at our dealership. We like to bring a part of our parts store and and often a significant part of it down there. So we even have our parts trailer. People can walk through. It's all set up and ready for displays. Uh, we have racks up of all the RV parts and accessories that you might look at that you you want to add on, or sometimes just as simple as people pick up toilet paper at the show. I mean, they literally just pick up the I'm simplest thing. Kidding. That you even, yeah, just that like, was hey, on you know. my list. It's one of the reasons we're going to be there because you need a couple of those little things. What pick up what? Well, yeah, <laughs> toilet paper is different for an RV than it is at your it, house. It is. Yes, yeah. it's uh, like, it's RV marine. It's like a septic type uh, RV. It has to degrade, so you're putting it into different plumbing. Than okay, your home. if I go to Deerberg's mm-hmm. and go down the aisle. You're not going to find that. You're not going to find that. Okay. You're, most of the time, Mm-mm. you're not going to. Yeah. yeah Where absolutely. do you normally get it? At Byerly. At Byerly. 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 Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, come to the yeah. show and find out. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. I mean, so, there are there. Menards might have it. There are a couple of stores, but like honestly. Yeah, traditionally, you're going to have it at a lot of your stores. Walmart has always had a yeah. decent RV section overall. So stores that have a little bit of an RV section will usually have have some RV marine toilet paper. And is this is this show on the weekend? Is this for manufacturers? Is this for dealers? This is a. This is the Midwest Gateway RVDA. So this is nine of the most trusted uh, local dealers. We actually have a new dealer that's that's joined uh, in this show uh, that'll be down there as well. Uh, so it's the St. Louis dealers uh, representing uh, and and for our customers. But yeah, you're going to see manufacturer reps down there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a buying show. It's not just a, it's not just showcase. People come down there to buy RVs, and there's going to be everything. I mean, we're talking everything. Uh, I was on I was on TV today earlier inside one of our Tiff and Phaetons. Yeah. So anything from like half a million plus all the way down to we've got single axle trailers that you could pull behind a crossover. So I mean, it's every size vehicle, uh, and you can wander through the dealer areas, see everything that, that that's available, and you can really compare right there under one roof. The other thing is that you really mark things down at an RV show. And I was looking online earlier. You have a new 2023 Tiffin Allegro Red. It's marked down 31%. And it'll be there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, the one thing about the show and a great opportunity more than anything else is we get a lot of manufacturer incentives. We get the manufacturers want us to be successful in the show. So they give us the ability to work deals with customers that we might not have uh, the rest of the year. So it's one of the big advantages of people coming to the shows is you can shop, you can see everything, but you're going to get deals at the show that you're not going to see the rest of the year. And you probably have grown up inside of an RV. <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that that this has been in your blood for years. Well, I have spent a significant amount of time in RV dealerships. However, it's only uh, when I've been older and I have my own family that I spent more time inside an RV. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. We did. We did a couple big trips when I was a kid. Pop up, so. I mean, so pop-up out west, uh, pop-up up to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of the times, you know, one of the downsides of of, uh, of running business is sometimes you don't have as much time to do all the things that you think you do. And that was that happened with my, my parents. 
as well as you fly a lot of places because you don't have time to, 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 yeah. drive. to drive. Well, you own your own business, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially. Now, now, I have tried to get away a few times, and you know, I've talked about my my wife and I uh, and, and my daughter going down to Florida and doing that, and uh, we we just actually uh, got a motorhome as well, so we can just kind of keep it on the side, go tailgate. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I want to know what you got now. Uh, an outlaw, because I wanted the deck on the back. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. Now, my question was going to be. If you grew up doing, uh, you know, RVs and stuff, but you haven't done that in a long time, or maybe people, you know, oh, you know, mom and dad used to take us on RV trips. What is the biggest difference from the 70s and 80s if you haven't been inside an RV in 30 years that you're going to oh, just wow. be loud? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a great question, too, because it's funny. Even when we're setting up the show, I'm talking to people down at the convention center. I'm talking to people who... Like, oh, yeah, I remember I used to got a pop-up camper, mm. and I we go, me and my parents would go everywhere. We'd go down to this this river resort in Missouri. We'd go down here. And it's funny because when we're doing that, I'm talking to people who are saying that same thing that you're saying. We used to do this. And so for a lot of people, uh, let's take it at the very basic level, the people who went pop-up camping. Well, there's not as many pop-ups as there used to be. What has really taken over is small bunkhouse trailers. Mm-hmm. So you have 17-foot bunkhouse trailer. Like we have a, a – um, a Colorado uh, by by Dutchman. It's a 17 foot bunkhouse trailer. It's going to be like less than fifteen thousand dollars, and you can pull it with uh, a, a pretty small truck. And I would like to point out, and I know we've done this uh, before, but buying an RV is not like going out and buying a car. That fifteen thousand dollars you can break up over. Oh yeah, you're gonna, you're talking ten, twelve, fifteen years, depending on what the price point is on the. And vehicle, so you're maybe so. paying. $100 a month on that thing if yeah. you work it out properly. So it's not, you know, like a crazy chunk of change at the beginning. Somebody said we bought our travel travel trailer at the RV show, saved $10,000. What would you say the average person saves if they buy at the RV show? I think I think if you're looking, because there's such a wide range of products, so if you're looking at mainly towables and you're looking at fifth wheels, yeah, you're saving somewhere in that 10, 15 range. You could save way more on a motorhome as well. Yeah. Uh, so the larger you go, the bigger that you're going to save. And what I, what I did want to answer just the rest of your kind of question about what else is missing. Mm. Well, uh, you know, those pop-ups that you travel in, they were great. They were great for what they were. They were they got you up off the ground. You weren't on, you know, weren't on the ground anymore. You had mattresses. But now you're going and people are buying the single axle trailer. Well, now you got a fridge. Mm-hmm. Now you got a bathroom and shower that are separate from each and other. And air conditioning. Now, now you've got air conditioning. <laughs> now you've got a furnace. Now you've got so it's you're adding these amenities that you didn't have in those older pop up campers. And those those were kind of the entry levels at the time. Uh, and then as you get up to okay, well I had a travel trailer when I was you know younger. well we first thing we did was we eliminated the blue shag carpeting, so that was the first <laughs> thing to go. Uh, and then after that, you got uh, what you're really seeing is the the stuff you would have at home. So uh, again, today I was I was on TV and I, had, I was in a Wildwood view. These windows look like you're in a cabin. These windows are huge. You're sitting at a counter. You're sitting almost at, like at a bar counter. Sitting around, breakfast counter, eating out, looking at these giant windows that are going out at the campground. Uh, and then they have a hidden room where there's bunk beds for the kids in there behind the entertainment center. you got an L-shaped sofa. So everything that you have at home, you've got in these trailers now. Yeah. And someone said, biggest difference is having a flat screen TV, being able to stream the same channels you do at home. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and even some of the motorized are starting to come 
with with some Starlink prep and stuff like that. So because yeah. that was the last little thing is okay, you either have a cell phone trying to get your internet or maybe doing the Starlink and and then the next question is, well, I go to camp and get away. You can do that too. You don't need any of that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, back, people might say, well, you're roughing it. Why you got to watch TV? Heidi says she watches CBS Sunday Morning all the time. From but outside. Oh yeah. In my outside. little you yeah, know exactly, yeah. gravity chair and watching it there with my coffee. But the other thing is, depending on you know what you're looking at, some of these high ends, it's a bath and a half. Yes, exactly. Or you have a washer and dryer or a dishwasher, depending washer on. Washer and dryer. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Even even in a, even in a large trailer. So even in a travel trailer, you could have washer and dryer prep in there and have your own uh, either stackable. A lot of them just have a single washer and dryer combined combo unit in there as well, and you can add it on. And mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things that we've seen happen uh, in the smaller travel trailer, small to mid-sized travel trailer, is you're getting some of them that have this washer-dryer prep, something that used to be only available in big fifth wheels and motor arms, too. Yeah, it's so cool. Somebody said, my family rented a pop-up camper in the 60s. We went to Crystal Lake in Michigan. Two adults, three kids, our dog. We thought we were in heaven. Loved it. And you're saying exactly what I love about it. You really are in heaven because you're away and you're in this, you know, tiny home on wheels but it's wherever you want to be instead of going to the same log cabin time after time or the same lake house you go and explore all of the different places and i think that's what you guys have kind of been selling for 75 years at byerly exactly it's about that experience whether whether it's a couple whether it's a family and kids whoever it is that's getting away you're having that experience with your family maybe you're watching tv maybe it's a movie night because it's raining outside Maybe you've got no electronics on and you're just out wherever you are and you could be you could be just uh, what they call boondocking out there with, yeah. with no power or anything like that and you've just got the lights on. And that's something a lot of the campers have now got lithium systems on there. So you got stronger batteries to run a lot of your 12-volt, maybe mm-hmm. your air conditioner. They'll go with maybe. Some of them do, <laughs> some of them don't. It just depends. Uh, so it depends. That's a whole question of how's your air conditioning set up. But you have options to do camping that you couldn't do before. Do you guys have any promos running? If you buy at the RV show, you get any kind of extra storage or anything going on at Byerly? Oh, we always do something like that. So I, I don't want to give anything away until we get down there. But okay. there, we, we've been doing a lot of promos, including storage on there. And uh, I'm not sure everything that we have right now, but I'm I'm pretty sure we might be able to sneak some of that storage promo in there, I too. I love that. <laughs> well, the STL RV Travel Show is this week, and it opens tomorrow at 9 a.m., goes until 8 p.m. Then Saturday, 9 to 8. Sunday, 9 a.m. to 5. It's at America Center. Regular mission is 15 bucks. You are going to see nearly every style of recreational vehicles that is on the market. And uh, be sure to swing by Byerly RV and check it all out. Absolutely. And I did want to I did want to mention one thing. One thing we have just done, second year we're doing this, we have valley parking at Washington Avenue Oh, uh, to get in. You, everybody gets a little concerned. We're a lot. We're going to yeah. park when I'm downtown. But if you pull into the Washington Avenue Circle Drive, we have valley parking this year, uh, $35. Somebody's asking real quickly, are pop-ups still popular? You have a couple, I know, used ones on uh, we, your website. We have a lot of used pop-ups. Uh, we don't carry any new brands anymore there are a couple uh, a couple companies out there that do have some pop-ups they're not what they were a lot of that market has gone into yeah. that single axle you do more trailer. of the teardrops don't yeah. you well there's a lot of teardrops and then there's a lot of uh, what happened is the price of just the single axle trailers have just gotten so cheap that it was easier for companies just to build those instead of the pop-ups yeah do people go places and get the old pop-ups restored they like do. refinished uh, i mean like you're saying for the price that you're you're going to be spending, you might as well just go buy something bigger and better. The technology is there. 
But do people who are purists say, oh, I'm going to get my pop-up refinished? There are people, if they can find the parts, and there are a few resources to find some of the parts that you can on some of those. A lot of them have been discontinued. Uh, but there are other people that kind of do that. Uh, you go to a canvas repair place and, mm-hmm. and get the canvas fixed and things like that. We get a lot of questions about that, too. Uh, for many years, I mean, we sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pop-ups yeah. over the years, yeah. uh, and we got into repairing, and we used to do the lift systems and things like that. We could probably still do a lift system if somebody really wanted to, but sometimes when we go over, this is what it is. They go, "How much is a new one?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, let's show you. Let's show How you much what that is, is that one well, with the washer and dryer <laughs> yeah, exactly. in it? Exactly. And the teardrop, which is about the same size as the pop-up, you're not pulling everything out and dripping the canvas over the bar. I just have so many memories of my dad sweating so hard pulling out those uh, oh, yeah, both yeah. ends of the bed and well, that's, pulling that's, the camp. Yeah, <laughs> we got a product called a modern buggy, which is basically yeah. that, that teardrop. It's super light. It's it's very affordable, and you're like, okay. I don't have to do that, and it has a tent on top too. So yeah. if you really want to, you have mattresses inside, and then you got the tent outside plus a kitchen in the back. So it's and really nice. People can see it this weekend, right? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be down there at the show. Warren, it's always great catching up with you. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. We've got a couple of zoo stories. First off, our. Uh, Polar bear here in St. Louis, Cully, got some national love and was in People Magazine dot uh, com, I think, because on that big snowy day, Cully was just kind of rolling around and it was so happy. So that made the rounds. Then Nebraska Zoo is making news. They removed 70 coins from one of their alligators stomachs. And are asking visitors, do not toss your coins oh, into like the water. Making wishes yes. in the alligator enclosure? Yes. So vets at the Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium pulled $7 in coins from a white alligator's stomach after finding metal objects during their routine exam. Now, I guess uh, Thibodox is the name of this alligator. Um is one of 10 American alligators under the zoo's care. But it had to go uh, through like a surgical procedure to remove all the coins before it would cause health issues. Kind of scary. So, And then did you see that China plans to send giant pandas to the San Diego Zoo? Yes. Which is exciting. Panda diplomacy mm-hmm. is back, baby. It's like it's like when we were lamenting the Chaco Taco going away. And, oh, no. And then, like, you know, what, a year later, they're bringing the Chaco Taco back. We were just talking about how the Chinese were taking their pandas back. But here we go. Well, the China Wildlife Conservation Association also reached a panda diplomacy agreement with the Madrid Zoo in Spain. So... I, I've never seen uh, a panda, a giant panda, and I would love to. That's on the list. They're just so cute. And then not a zoo animal, but Bobby, the oldest dog, according to Guinness World Records. His name's Bobby? Well, <laughs> well he, it, his name was Bobby. It, oh. He's been stripped yeah. of oldest dog ever. It was ever. a fraud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was... Uh, named oldest dog ever by Guinness World Records in February of last year. He died in October at the age of 31. 
But the title was suspended last month after an investigation raised questions about his age. And then today, Guinness announced that the organization had removed Bobby's oldest dog ever title following an review of all the evidence. Now, I don't know how they... So there was a picture from, well, yeah, I don't know how they faked it, but there was a picture from when this dog was supposed to be young and it was a pretty much a completely different dog. Yeah. So they said, well, these are two dogs. We're not, not counting them the same. Because people are terrible. At at times, (laughs) at times. And then there are people that are fantastic. Speaking of, uh, I guess today is National Walk Your Dog Day. And the Washington Post looked into how important it is to walk your dog. And I guess it's a pretty big deal if you skip those walks, bigger than you might think. And they're pointing out that just opening the back door and letting them go out is not equivalent to walking your dog. So they say skipping walks can significantly affect your dog's emotional and physical well-being most yards don't offer enough stimulation they're too small everything's too familiar they really want to want you to get your dog out and let them sniff everything that they want to sift one expert compared it to reading the same book over and over again and expecting to have fun while you know doing it not the same walks are good for three key reasons they do get exercise a sense of companionship from you, the owner, and then it gives them the mental stimulation they need. So I need to remind myself of that. Get out and walk your dog and walk yourself while you're at it. Yes. Somebody on the text line, Woods Basement Systems, text line 84126. Someone keeps reminding us <laughs> that it's National Margarita Day. Yes, we know. Mm-hmm. You already told us. Was it the same person? I think so. Did okay. you, uh, when you order a margarita, which I don't really drink them. I don't either. I like to get them less sour. I hate the yeah. sour mix. That's the worst part. Well, I don't like them sweet. Do you get them frozen or on the rocks? Usually on the rocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. What about the salt on the brim? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Extra salt, please. Uh, Heading to the top of the hour, Greg Willard is going to join us and talk about this case in Alabama uh, with the in vitro fertilization. What's going to happen next? What are the legal arguments? And then Brennan Weesey is going to join us and Brad Garrett from ABC News as well. Yep, that rounds out our show with a little Hollywood entertainment and some random. So I hope you'll hang out with us here on the Big 550 KTRS. Our headlines for this Thursday afternoon, February 22nd, new attraction planned at St. Louis Union Station. Lodging Hospitality Management is seeking permission from the city to add a wave swing, an attraction in which ride goers are suspended from the rotating top of the carousel. The ride would be located next to the Ferris wheel. If approved, construction won't start until 2025. St. Louis Preservation Board, which considers construction permits at city landmarks, will review the request at its meeting on Monday. I think it's a good idea. I do, too. I mean, I say put as much stuff there as possible. Let's get people in and visiting. You know, it's like uh, Navy Pier in Chicago has all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it gets tourists out there. Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Did I tell you I was just down there? 
two weeks ago. Yeah. Finn did uh, the ropes course. Oh, did he love it? Did I not show you the no. pictures? Oh, man. It's so cool, isn't it? It is. It is really cool. Uh, you know me. I'm a big advocate of the four-day work week. I know you are. The world's biggest trial of four-day work week, 61 companies in the U.K., it has been more than two years. They check back in on these people, and 61 companies, at least 54 of them, that's 89%, mm-hmm. have said the policy was still in place, while half of them, 31, said they had permanently switched over to a four-day work week for good. Wow. Now, what they say is that they re- reported positive impacts on staff well-being, they saw positive effects on reducing turnover. Why are you going to leave a job right. where you don't have to go in four days a week? And nearly one-third said the policy had noticeably improved recruitment. I can see that. You know, now you got people lining up who want to work there. And they say overall results have held and in some cases have even continued to improve. Mm-hmm. So it's not like... Everyone, oh, this is great. And then once they started working there for a year or two, they've relaxed. No, people seem to love it. And uh, 50% of the companies have made it permanent. Yeah. There's hope, Josh. There's hope. Adam Wainwright to make debut at Grand Ole Opry. The former cards pitcher will be showcasing a new talent to the public on country music's biggest stage. He'll be making his debut at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville on March 9th. That's according to Wayno's X account, writing, I've performed on some pretty big stages before, but this one is different. He released his first single in December titled Time to Fly, which was directly dedicated to Cardinals fans. The announcement of his appearance at the Grand Ole Opry is timely as his full album will be released Friday. Mm. This is a big deal. I mean, there are so many country music artists that have been doing it for years that have never stepped on that stage. Uh, I would have lost money. I, you know me, I'm not a gambling man. <laughs> but if I were, I would have bet you would have mentioned Jelly Roll uh, in the headlines. It is in my entertainment report. Oh, it is? Okay. Jelly Roll's coming to town. That's Why are you trying peek. to... Just a sneak. I'm not telling them where. Scoop me. We're on the same wh- team here. not telling them when. Okay. I would have lost money, though. Did you see this? Commander Biden, the dog. I did see it. Uh, CNN asked the Freedom of Information Act request to find out how many dog incidents actually occurred at the White House. And it came back with at least 24. And that's not even counting on the previously reported uh, incidences mm-hmm. that we already knew about. They showed some pictures of a Secret Service agent's shirt after an incident. And it's all ripped up and stuff. They say that they had new steps put in place that said if you were working at the White House and Commander was there, provide plenty of room between you and the dog. Apparently, he really likes his personal space. But you just mentioned it last hour, National Dog Walking Day. You have to get dogs like this out mm-hmm. and and active. A German Shepherd? Holy cow. You got to take that thing out and... And give it a job or something to do all day. Uh, being cooped up in a, a, the White House is an office building. But do we know he's been cooped up? I'm betting he's got plenty of walks and he's got plenty of room. I, I think there. it's not just the president and first lady taking this dog on walks. Yeah, He's probably got a handler. 
Doesn't doesn't Joe Biden and Jill's niece or granddaughter live there in the White House too? Wasn't that one of the stories that we heard? I'm pets in the White House. You know who would know? Greg Willard. Well, we're going to talk to him after a short break. Alabama's largest hospital paused in vitro fertilization treatments yesterday as providers and patients now try to figure out the impact of a court ruling that said frozen embryos are the legal equivalent of children. Greg Willard, SLU Law Professor and our KTRS legal analyst is joining us to sort through what this means. We appreciate your time. Good afternoon, Heidi. Great to be with you. So the justices citing language in the Alabama Constitution, uh, that the state recognizes the rights of the unborn child, said three couples could sue for wrongful death when their frozen embryos were destroyed in an accident at a storage facility. But is this the same as the parents choosing not to use what they had stored? Well, some would think that, Heidi. Let me see if we can un- – a lot of a lot of pieces yeah. to your lead there. Let me see if I can unpack it quickly. Um Let's just uh, set down a marker of what we're talking about with in vitro fertilization, IVF. And it's a process where human eggs are fertilized uh, outside of the womb, and then they're later, later implanted into a human uterus. Now, typically, this process involved more eggs being fertilized than will actually be used. Right. And the unused eggs are frozen. What happened in this case was that three couples received IVF treatments. And the resulting embryos, many of them, were stored at a hospital's IVF nursery. Uh, A patient in the hospital managed to get in to where these frozen embryos were being stored removed them, and destroyed them. The three couples then sued the hospital uh, for failing to adequately secure the embryos. And as you said, Heidi, they brought a claim under the Alabama wrongful death statute. The Alabama wrongful death statute provides that in the event of a uh, where a child dies as the result of someone's negligence, the parents of that child and the representative of the child's estate can sue the person whose negligence relate, resulted in the child's death. What the Alabama Supreme Court last Friday ruled that the word child under that Alabama wrongful death statute includes a frozen embryo. Therefore, the Alabama Supreme Court ruled the couples could pursue a wrongful death action against the various defendants who they allege were negligent, that they, the parents could pursue a wrongful death suit under that statute 
on account of what they allege to be the negligent destruction of their frozen embryos. Uh, A lot of people, I think, may be asking, well, why isn't this just sort of a a garden variety negligence uh, action? We we have tens of thousands of those are filed every day where a third party is is given uh, custody and control of a of a precious item, and they negligently destroy it. The the reason this is so significant in the Alabama situation is what are called punitive damages, and those are damages which can be awarded for. Uh, to to punish or to deter this type of conduct. So punitive damages, as I understand it, are available in Alabama wrongful death suits. So by the court holding that for purposes of that statute, and we can talk about that nuance in a moment, for purposes of that statute, a frozen embryo is a, quote, child, as used in the statute, Heidi. It's interesting, and somebody on the text line, I know they're saying this a little tongue-in-cheek, but if embryos are kids, can you claim them as dependents on your taxes? I mean, this seems like it opens up just a massive can of worms. Well, I'm glad you raised that, that you asked that question, because you just did our listeners a great favor, because not surprisingly, on the cable news airwaves in particular, there has been a great hue and cry and cacophony that, that somehow the sky is falling. I, I don't take positions on the air, and I'm not going to take positions today. I will say, Heidi, that a lot of this cacophony and hue and cry is baseless. And what I mean by that is raised right by your question. As I said a moment ago, the the issue before the Alabama Supreme Court is what does the word child in the Alabama wrongful death statute, what does it mean? And the Alabama Supreme Court uh, interpreted it. That's it. Now, the word child may be used in the Federal Internal Revenue Code. To your great question, Heidi. What the Alabama Supreme Court decided on Friday has nothing, absolutely nothing, to do with the meaning of that word child in the federal tax statute or, I might add, Heidi, in any statute in any of the other 49 states that may have the word child in whatever statute, what the Alabama Supreme Court ruled has nothing to do with what that word means in other states' legislation, Heidi. Got you. So to be clear, if these attorneys would have used property versus child, then they couldn't have gotten the punitive damages? This is all about getting the money. Uh, if, if they had simply brought this as a negligence action, uh, sort of the, the ultimate in terms of of important and valuable and personal. I mean, you, you, you can't have anything any more important to, to a couple who is, is trying to have a child than, than a frozen embryo. And so they most assuredly could have brought a negligence action 
But they brought this additional count, Heidi, uh, under the Alabama wrongful death statute, this additional count, and they alleged that their frozen embryo was a child under that statute, and therefore they could bring that count. And a, a couple of other takeaways that I think are important for our listeners quickly. Number one, this is what the world in America, after Roe v. Wade and Casey, were reversed and nullified Mm -hmm. in the Dobbs case. This is what the post-Roe and Casey world looks like, in that these decisions are now left to the 50 states. The, The Supreme Court held in the Dobbs case that there is no constitutional liberty, right, and interest in the 14th Amendment. Therefore, it goes back to the states. Number two, Just as we have seen with Alabama that some part of our listening audience may uh, say, well, this is just this is just too far. Uh, They've taken this uh, too far. We're bordering on a theocracy. Well, you're going to have other states, Heidi, who are going to go in a different direction and have very robust uh, state laws in a different direction and. Part of our listening audience will be outraged at that, and they're killing babies, and and they're taking lives. Well, just as this is what the world of post-Roe v. Wade looks like, this is what gerrymandering looks like. And and as I've said uh, on the air before with you and Josh, gerrymandering is a non-partisan ill in that both parties do it. And if any of our listeners wanted evidence, all they've got to do is look over on the east side of the river at what the heck is going on in Illinois, and that is gerrymandering writ large by the Democrats. And right here in Missouri, all we have to do is look at our legislative and congressional districts, and it is gerrymandering writ large by the Republicans. When you combine those two facts, Heidi, post Roe v. Wade and gerrymandering, you get a really, really uncomfortable cauldron. Yeah. What we have witnessed since last Friday on the cable news, that's what that cauldron looks like. It's it's not pretty, but fasten your seatbelts. More to come, Heidi. I want to talk about intent because uh, the law can deal with intent it, it's what separates mm-hmm. first degree murder from manslaughter so and this case has some big implications of what to do with the leftover unused embryos uh, if they're declared children then you can't you know use them for science research you can't destroy them uh, what do you do with them can't we look at this case and said what was the intent of of the parents to do with those embryos. If they were going to use them to start a family, then this is devastating. This is something where I think you should be able to file a wrongful death lawsuit. But if if they had used, you know, three embryos and there's four left over and 
they they got their family and they had twins and oh ooh, maybe we had triplets you know and and they're done mm-hmm. with their family now w- their intent was not to use these but now they're there's they're held to the same standard of what to do with these leftover embryos great question josh and and, and let me let me try to, to give the answer with not without getting too far down in the lawyer mumble jumbo talk um, what what we're talking about here is the the negligence of a third party led to the destruction of these embryos and it, it's it's that act by this person who broke into to this part of the hospital and and stole these embryos and intentionally destroyed them um, that that the allegation is that the hospital was negligent in in those types of lawsuits intent doesn't matter uh, it's it it really doesn't matter Josh what what the parents may or may not have intended down the road to do with these embryos. And that's part of the wrongful, the wrongful death statute is it takes this question of intent uh, completely out of it. Mm. What has, what I think has got the people in Alabama. And I just, I just watched before we came on the air, a, a physician at the university of Alabama, Birmingham, in their uh, IVF facility. What they're worried about is certainly the, the personal liability if, if another embryo, God forbid, is negligently destroyed. But what has really got them concerned is over in the criminal statutes, because again, this is a, we're talking about a civil lawsuit for damages. What, a lot of physicians and hospitals are worried about down there is the criminal statutes that use the word child. Mm -hmm. And while the Supreme Court of Alabama on Friday was not interpreting a criminal statute, that I think that uh, specter of possible criminal liability, as much as the, the new risk of civil liability, the criminal jeopardy is, I think, Heidi and Josh, what what really has uh, the the medical community down there concerned, and that criminal piece, Josh. Back to your great question. There are elements, even if even if it is determined as a matter of Alabama. Again, this is Alabama law, not the other forty nine states or federal. That Alabama criminal law protects. Uh, embryos as a child. Many of those criminal statutes, Josh, they have intent elements, unlike the wrongful death Alabama statute that we're talking about for civil liability. But I I think the civil liability, as I say, is is a concern to the medical community down there. But I I really think the driver of of getting the, the Tucker factor down there up to a 12 on a 10 scale is is what what this might mean for Alabama criminal laws, Josh. Well, speaking of, Greg, I'm wondering, does this change the uh, case against whoever broke in and destroyed the embryos? Uh, I don't know. Uh, and and they, that person, 
is not front and center in this case, sadly. Um, who is front and center in this case is the hospital, and obviously the hospital's insurance company, yeah. because the parents are saying that it was the hospital that was negligent in not better securing this facility so this patient was was apparently or allegedly just able to walk in, take these embryos, and destroy them. And the the focus of the case and the Supreme Court's decision was on the negligence and the violation of the wrongful death statute by the hospitals and the medical centers, and not so much about the the person who perpetrated this uh, horrible, horrible act, Heidi. Yeah. Greg Willard, it is so uh, great to always talk to you about cases like this because you can kind of sort through them and make us all understand them better. Thank you so much for your time. Well, Heidi and Josh, always great to be with both of you. Stay safe. Did you see this crazy mashup that KFC is adding to the menu next week? The Chizza? So I saw this. They they want you to pronounce it the Chizza. Okay. Well, like, well, but so it's like not pizza. a T in it. Well, like pizza Chizza. Pizza. pizza. Okay. Chizza. What is Chis- this? Chizza. It is basically fried chicken, but then with a little cheese and marinara and pepperoni on top. I'll show you a picture of it, but black and white, so you can't really see it. But it's like a fried chicken, and then now, it's like a pizza, but the fried chicken is the, the bread, crust. is the crust. Yes. I. What did I say the other day? I said I'd try just about everything. You try that as long as it didn't have mushrooms. It doesn't have mushrooms. Yeah. Little a fried chicken and some marinara and cheese. It's like a chicken parm. It is a chicken parm. Yeah. With but, pepperoni. With pepperoni. There's pepperoni on there. Well, you just. I think that adds. I think that adds to it's a little it. Spiciness. I don't think you're really supposed to mix meats like that. What do you mean? Well, you know, every sandwich. No, wait, you got you a, a Cuban sandwich, and yes. that's delicious. And then or, can, or every sandwich. Or a club sandwich. Yeah. Chicken or cordon bleu. turkey sandwich with bacon. But the pepperoni is such a spicy meat. But that's what it kind of goes to, and you could probably get it without the pepperoni. And then, as Connor pointed out, cheese it's a <laughs> chicken parmesan. <laughs> uh, a, few, a few years back, they had this sandwich where it was chicken instead of the bread, so the there was oh. two yeah, slices of chicken that. with bacon and cheese in the, in middle. the middle. The double down. The double down is what it was and called. And I, I got it. got it once, and it was good. Josh does oh, not like I it. I hated it. What did you hate? It well, was messy? Number one, how do you eat this thing? So it we came have... in a little cardboard sleeve. sleeve. Kind of yeah. like, like the, a Hot Pocket. Right. If you have a hamburger, carb-friendly, with the lettuce around it, same way. Here's the thing. Sometimes you can go too far. Okay, now I ate this thing and it's fried two fried chicken pieces. They're not even patties; they were like pieces. Yes, bacon, mm-hmm. cheese, a heavy sauce. Well, why did you order it? Because it looked well. You gotta like, try it. Like you gotta try it, just like the cheetah. Uh You gotta try it once. But it made me feel so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Again. 
you knew what you were getting. Right. I was a sh- half of it was shame. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. <laughs> what am I doing? To with the my person life? who continues to text that it's National Margarita Day. Did they text again? No. <laughs> but I did not realize. I mean, I knew there was a lot to choose from, but the English language has 546 words for drunk. Pickled. Oh. Sauced. Oh, loaded. Skunked. Right. Schnockered. Yeah. Schnockered. Uh, some of these I've <laughs> never heard of. Oh, Slap I, happy. Uh, no, I feel like that's when when you've stayed up too long. Well, I'm just saying that this. And you're so tired that you're slap happy. Yeah. There's several on here, but I, I didn't know yeah, we let me had see that, list. that many. Corned. Bombed. Bombed. Yeah. Corned. Maybe we'll start using a different... Swift? Stewed? Ah, oh, stewed. Stewed. A couple of stewed couple of stewed prunes. prunes. Trousered? Yeah. <laughs> I need I need to use that one. Uh-huh. What does that mean? Trousered? 84126. Has anyone heard trousered? <laughs> I, uh, that's pants, right? I mean... Yeah, pants. Yeah, inebriated, somebody is saying. That's a good one. Sazzled. <laughs> I mean, some of these. They're just making up Some of these stuff. I have not made up. It, it, it does seem like some of these are going a, a bit Poor. too far. Guys, I got real sozzled last yeah. night. Um, I'm, so, I'm so trousered. I'm I so to, trousered. I had to get an Uber home. Yeah. So crazy. Soused. So, or sauced. Yeah, well. Which. Someone texted in inebriated. Yes. Yeah. But that's not. Nearly as fun. That's like the technical, the technical term. <laughs> Makes complete sense. Somebody else, chicken cordon bleu is fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's mixing. That's mixing meats. Yeah, that it's, is good. I, I, I think you need to kind of say you <laughs> Maybe, were wrong on mixing meats. Okay, I was wrong on mixing meats, but I'm not wrong on mixing chicken and pepperoni. I. They're they're opening up a pop up uh, cheatseria. No, they're not. They are. Like they a cheatseria truck. They're gonna serve. Yeah, they're gonna serve these, uh, these cheatsas, chicken, chicken pizzas, I don't which I know. like. I, I like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Are you headed there right now? Well, so it comes out the 26th. Okay. So I'll yeah. So you next week, the- I'm for lunch. I'll bring in a cheatsa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know what? Make bring it, me make, one. Make it to- <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> the FBI informant who told the. FBI in 2017 that President and Hunter Biden each received $5 million from a Ukrainian industrial conglomerate has now been charged with false reporting. Brad Garrett, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst in Washington, joins us to explain Alexander Smirnov and most likely not his real name. Explain to me, Brad, how do we decide that we're going to trust somebody like this with such information? Well, First of all, let's start with what little we know about Mr. Smirnoff and this story. Supposedly, and this is all according to documents DOJ has released, that, that Smirnoff uh, claims he had a conversation either 2015 or 2016 with a Russian intelligence officer who told him about this deal where Hunter and uh, uh, President Biden were both going to get or had gotten – like $5 million each from a Ukrainian magnet, basically. Um, and But he, he waits till 2017, apparently, to tell the FBI about it. So, you know, they, they have it then. 
we don't hear about it until recently. I'm going to guess, you know, based on his story and the inability to corroborate one thing he said, the FBI never moved beyond attempting to corroborate it. I will tell you it's difficult, particularly when you get into international settings. I've done this before. I've worked murder cases and other types of crimes <clears throat> overseas. And it's 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 a lot dicier and difficult to do because you can't control like I can control a source here. I can wire up a source here. I don't you know I get the approvals and go on. It's hard it's harder to do in foreign countries. But the point being, I don't think they ever corroborated it. But at some point, someone and if you ask me to guess, I guess the Russians leaked it to the to the Republicans mm. on the uh, in the House. And they just thought, you know, this is the greatest information we've ever had to impeach the president. Um, And so what you have is a story in two different realities, the reality of law enforcement prosecutors and the reality of politicians who have a different agenda, obviously, as to what to do with this information. I mean, what a tough job for an FBI agent to try to sort through all of this. And then now it's almost like they get blamed for listening to this guy. Yeah. So I will tell you, because I worked, I don't know, dozens upon dozens of sources, both in the U.S. and outside the U.S. And, you know, a lot of them would bring information because they've been reliable. That's completely true. That's partially true and sometimes not true at all. And so you really have to look at it with an eye of, well, A, does this make any sense? And B, does this person really have the connections that they claim they have? I mean, I think the bottom line with Smirnoff is that, you know, basically he's a con man. He's a plate spinner, as I would call people like him, where he gets, you know, he, he pretends to have pieces of information. And it wouldn't surprise me if we if we knew the truth that some Russian intelligence agent told him that to tell the FBI. Uh, and knowing that it would get, or they would leak it back to Congress, and and you know create create all sorts of havoc, which to a certain extent has occurred. But it is a daunting job working with sources, particularly the good ones, keeping them under you know under control, and then dealing with their lives. I mean, mm. you know, a lot of these people have really dysfunctional backgrounds, alcohol, drug problems, domestic problems. Uh, legal problems, and you have to deal with those as you're going through working with them. I mean, there were some days that I just had a full-time job dealing with sources. So I'm just sharing that with you because this is what happens, you know, and at some point you have to say, well, this is just not true. Mm -hmm. There's no way to prove it. There's nothing to back it up. This guy, and I think they found this out because the prosecutor in one of the documents released called Smirnoff a serial liar. Well, Serial tells you a lot, right? It tells you he's lied about multiple things. So, you know, that's where we are today. That's why, you know, obviously the Bidens were never charged because there's no evidence of wrongdoing in reference to this story. Um, And, you know, now Congress, I guess, will decide to do whatever they do with information that's apparently worthless. So did the FBI ever bring this guy in or corroborate any parts of his story? Because when we see... FBI informant, I just assume that this is a trusted source and and whether or not the information is good or not, at least they're a trusted source. Because otherwise, Brad, I could be an FBI informant tomorrow. I'm going to rat Heidi out. She she took $5 from Burisma. You you can't imagine. 
of the number of stories that it would be hundreds of stories while I was in the FBI of informants telling me stuff or new informants or people coming to me saying, I know about X and Y, and it was an absolute lie. They have their own motivation for doing that. If there's a reward in the case, that may be part of it. You, you can't assume because the FBI is working with somebody that they're trustworthy because you're really trying to figure out. If somebody gives you some really sensitive information, then you know you obviously want to run it into the ground as far as you can take it as to whether – and in particular, when you talk about somebody who's now the president, you can imagine what – what what links they went to to see if they could even corroborate this, and I, the conclusion was it just didn't happen. Uh, and obviously now the source has been charged. So right. you know you're not dealing with the folks that went to MIT. You know <laughs> typically other sources. Can I so can I ask you a question that I think I already know the answer to? Did anyone okay. in Congress before they brought these charges up and made a whole thing of Burisma and all this? Did anyone go to the FBI and say? Hey, is this guy telling the truth? I, there was interaction. I don't know what it was because I think maybe some of it was behind closed doors. No, they did go to the FBI, and I think they all got into it. You know, because the FBI would be reluctant to give Congress information where they've used sensitive techniques to attempt to corroborate this story. You know, you, you can see the problem in telling Congress anything about how it's going to be leaked sure. or spun a different direction. So I think they walked away saying the FBI is hiding something, which is just foolhardy. But there's some version of that going on here, too. Yeah, well, it's very interesting. And, Brad, we really appreciate your insight having worked with the FBI. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Well, Heidi, back in the day on this date, February 22nd, 1879, Frank Winfield Woolworth mm. opened a five-and-dime store in Utica, New York. Wow. Does the name Woolworth mean yeah, anything to you? It does. We had that interview on, wasn't there? There's a Woolworth's by the Fox Theater. There right, was. Right here, And there you could see it still in the concrete. Like, there, it still says oh, Woolworth. Oh, it says Woolworth. Yeah. And 1980, 44 years ago, the miracle on ice happened. When the United States beat the Soviet Union in hockey, winning by a score of four to three in the Winter Olympics at Lake Placid, New York, the home team won. Here's the thing: that was just the semis. Yeah, not the gold medal game. They had to play another game. I don't think I realized that. The U.S. went on to beat Finland in the final game, so they yeah. did end up taking the gold medal. But the famous call by al michaels of all people where he says do you believe in miracles mm-hmm. wow 1980 do you remember that heidi i don't okay. i wasn't watching much hockey in 1980 i still don't know much about hockey but i know it's fun to be in that building and seeing all the action coming up we got the top five at five we'll talk a little sports with kate's director brendan wheezy we've got a little entertainment news to get to and then we'll wrap this show up with some random so i hope you'll hang out with us here for another hour on the big 550 ktrs and now and now the, the top, top five at five five news five. from around the room Let's start with some St. Louis news. As the number of unbeaten basketball teams has shrunk and the college seasons kind of moves to the last stages, Webster University's women have remained in the exclusive group by continuing to win. 
Entering the St. Louis Intercollegiate Athletic Conference Tournament, the Gorlocks are one of five unbeaten NCAA basketball teams at any level. And yet it wasn't until the past couple of weeks that they were given a spot in the Division Three national rankings. They said that uh, the Gorlocks went unbeaten two seasons ago until losing a three-point game in the NCAA tournament. They are 74-5 and five the past three seasons, which I don't know why we don't talk about them more, building on a defensive philosophy that has helped them largely dominate. So they say they press, they run, they jump. We're trying to get a lot of deflection. So when we're aggressive in the passing lanes, it's easy to get that steal. Pretty impressive, actually. The 2023-2024 team is the most experienced and deepest, which has helped them carry out the fast-paced approach. Ten players get more than ten minutes per game, which is pretty remarkable. So wishing them luck as uh, the season wraps up. You know, for years, Wash U had one of the best women's basketball teams Division three and won the title, but I haven't heard much about Webster. So congratulations to them. What is their team name? They're the Gorlocks. The Gorlocks. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know if I've ever heard that one. Are you? Are you not from St. Louis? Well, I guess. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've never heard it. It's yeah. What is a what is a Gorlock? It's a mythical creature, but it is. The intersection of Gore and Lockwood. Oh, okay. Gorlock. Gorlock. But it looks like a, doesn't it kind of look like a bat, maybe? Yeah, a little bit. Without it's, wings. We have some weird mascots here in St. Louis. We do. Bill Kim, yeah. the Gorlocks. Yeah. The, uh, the Bill Kim, obviously named after the cross streets of Bill and uh, yeah. Kim. Yes. Well done. Well I, I Street. Yes. Uh, both of my stories, what's in a name, Heidi? Uh, what's in a name? Both oh, my as stories. you just put that name out there, so look at you. Oh, yeah, there we go. Roll, rolling off of it. What's in a name? A 20-year-old uh, woman had a baby recently, and she wanted to honor her grandparents. Um, her grandfather is named Harvey, and her grandmother is named Charlotte. So she wanted to name her daughter Harlot. To honor her grandparents. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Do you know well, what a except harlot, that a harlot is? is uh... <laughs> yes, but that's. I mean, still, you have to go there immediately. Not a common word nowadays, but it's not a common word. And the 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 woman's cousin shared this story on the internet and said that uh, the, the twenty year old where to put it all for really smart responses the 20 year old had never heard of this term before she just wanted to honor her parents um let's see here what is the uh, definition of a harlot well it it is what you think it is so even if that word's not used regularly or maybe you've never even heard of it or what oh i named it after my girl do you want to name your daughter that the father is is in this case is petitioning to change the name and the mom is standing firm so we will see what happens but go ahead cuz i've i've got a follow up to this but go ahead I, it doesn't bother me there are so many other names if you want to name your child that just because it represents something else we could probably do a deep dive on all of our names and what it means in some other language 
So I, I think I it's people being. I don't know. This one's. Well, it, it's your opinion. Pretty on the nose. Um, I don't know. The name people Richard still. Yeah. Right? What's the difference? There's nothing wrong with Richard. <laughs> I... nothing wrong with Richard. What's the nickname? Inherently. There's nothing wrong with that. The nickname either. Why? What's the difference? <sighs> what is the difference other than it's a woman and it's a man? Oh, no, don't go there. Oh, well, I'm don't go saying there. it. Because harlot is in the dictionary. So is the other word. It's a slang term. I think harlot is like a, there's a, <laughs> here's something that this new mother should have taken into consideration. A baby named consultant named Kayla Nab. Yes, apparently that is a job title. Oh, these it days. is. People will pay them. Really? Yes. To name my baby for me? Over $1,000. It's a whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Here's her advice. Three things that you want to do. Number one, before you even start looking at the three things, write the full name with your surname. She says write it in a sentence or on a list or as part of an address or a message or whatever. Write the full name out and just see if you like the way it sounds. Is it cool? Is it easy? Is it weird? Is it normal? Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Harlot Gilbert. Harlot Gilbert. Did you do this stuff with Finn or did you just kind of pick one? Well, um, we like Finn, so that's all what we're going with. I think we said it out loud a couple times. I never wrote it down. I wish I would have, but I still would have gone with it anyway. Here are her tips. Parents should ponder potential jokes or insults that could be made with the child's name. Like if we want to take Harlot. You know, no fault of the child's own. But if some kid gets a hold of a dictionary, do you want to leave that open? Uh, She says that the name should instill confidence in children and build their character, and it has to age well. That's way too much pressure on on baby Harlot. Think of what the name's going to sound like in 70 years. Is it still going to be cool? Or is it is it going to be odd? And she says the parents should contemplate if the name any negative feelings, imagery, or pop culture references, or any unfortunate nicknames or acronyms. Who even thought about the acronyms? Um, my sister's son is named Ashton Shea Ship. Mm-hmm. We'll think about the acronym wow. on that one. Yeah, He's now a Ship Gilbert, though. What's he going to do when he... Gets a record on, like, an arcade game. Well, and he's going to say, whoa, my record's already yeah, well, up I'm here. Yeah, I'm already up yeah. here. Um, she says that trends to watch for in 2024 include names inspired by adjectives, such as rugged. Rugged as a name. Rugged Gilbert. Oh, like, you would Heavenly, name them rugged. You would give them adjectives. Heavenly Gilbert. Powerful Gilbert. Oh, I hate all of those. I don't really care for them either. Uh, or colors, including azure and indigo. Indigo Gilbert. I mean, Red. Red used to be a name, right? Oh, it was always a nickname, though, right? Red Shandies? Yeah, that was, that was, I think that was a nickname. nickname, right? What was his, what was his actual Was anyone actually named Red? Uh, Indigo. Red Fox. Red Fox. I mean, I'm just saying, is mm-hmm. it a nickname or is I mean, there were several at the time. It was Red down from Fred. Oh. What was Red Fox's name? I don't know. Fred? Fred Fox? Uh, would the name Rugged still work 70 years from now? 
or is it going to sound weird or odd or whatever? You have to remember that your your child is going to have to write this on school papers and job interviews. And, you know, uh, she says, think of wedding invitations, social profiles in the workplace, a banner for a birthday party. Is it going to be normal just because you think it's cool? Maybe you're setting your kid up for an interesting life just because you wanted to give them an interesting name. So, People have opinions on names all the time. It's why you don't share the name. You didn't oh, share yeah. the name with oh. Finn. So my only point, and I get that Harlot means something else, but if you're trying to do something honoring your parents and this is what it means to you, I th- I think we all get too judgy on other people's names. Okay. <clears throat> the grandpa's name is Harvey. The grandma's name is Charlotte. Charvy. I think that sounds better. <laughs> Charvy. I just, could you not just do like a Charlotte Harvey last name? Go C-H, call him C-H. Her. It's a girl. Yeah. Call her C-H. Name like, her Charlotte. C-H. Yeah. She's C-H Harvey. Pounder. Right. That was the actress. So. Right. I don't know. Yeah, apparently Heidi likes the name Harlot. No, I just think I grew up with a lot of people with a lot of names that did not make any sense. They were hard to pronounce, and it, but a name is what a parent chooses, and they obviously give it an awful lot of thought, and I think it's a really hard decision. I mean, it was hard coming up with a name for a dog, so I'm just thinking if she has really given this thought and that's what she wants, who are we to judge? Uh I wonder how many people hate their name. How many people change their name? I used to hate my name. Cause Josh. Joshua. Oh, is that what you My mom by? used to do this. She would say, uh, uh, Joshua. Oh, boy. And I hated it. Oh. I think a lot of kids hate it. You know, <laughs> somebody said, name. my name's Philip. I've heard it all. Philip 66, filler up, Phil, punks of talk. I mean, it is a, you're going to get picked on. No matter what, as far as that goes. Yeah, you're right. You're going to get, they're going to come up and, with something. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what your name is. Kids are smart. Or what you look like. <laughs> I, it's just going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. chances are the word, you know, the word doesn't really get used anymore. So by right. the time this kid gets into grade school, that six year old going to know thinking, that word. I went to high school with a girl named Harley. I think that's a really cool name, and I don't think Harlot's that far off of that. I mean, I just think there are some – I think okay. we're reading way too much into it. And I, All right. Harley's not in the dictionary as a term for that, though. Just a motorcycle. Yeah. Harley. I'd like to ride Harley. Oh. I mean, there's a million things you can say. Fast ride. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, you can make up can anything make up for anything. anything. <laughs> uh, all right, Josh, my story is for you. In about five minutes, countdown to five minutes, you can see it up on the TV, uh, the lunar landing uh, is going to happen again. Except here for the first time. In the next- aren't they having some problems? They've had some problems. They delayed this all day. It was supposed to happen earlier, but they're going to try to go for it here from what, what I've seen uh, in the next five minutes or so. So if you wanted to watch it, it's on CNN. It's on the Internet. Uh, it's the first time an American landing on the moon has been tried since the last time we sent men up to the moon in 72. Didn't that private company try to shoot people's ashes up there? Uh, so that 
was going to be an attempt, but they knew essentially right away that, that it, it was, was broken, fail. so they didn't even try it. So it circled the moon and right. came back. I hope they didn't put all of the ashes on uh, that one. I know you're joking, but I read that they didn't. Right. So just it was just a it was a little bit. So all right. So are they going to do this? I everything I'm seeing says they're going to try. So Let's, it'll be an attempt. It, no people. No people, just an unmanned uh, lander going down. It has some experiments for NASA because this is not a NASA thing. This is another company uh, doing the landing. So NASA has contracted them to do some some tests for them. There's some sculptures in there for you know someone paid to get their art in there oh, to stay you, on the can moon. Can you do that? Apparently you can. Uh, there's a couple other things here and there. It's not really... It's, you know, kind of like the ashes thing. What is the uh, – it's a flat Stanley, right, where you bring it – Oh, the little paper guy. Yeah, the paper guys. Yeah. You bring them all around uh, wherever you go on vacation. How much would it cost to get a flat Stanley of yourself, a picture? Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, yeah. A picture of, you, of yourself on the moon, you know? I think you should look at – I think you should look into that. I I'm, think... I'm going to open up a SpaceX company that just <laughs> – yeah. Brings flat Stanleys up well, to the you, moon. You just pay these companies to do it for you, right? They're going anyway. They the contract have, they have with this the contract. And then right. they'll, they'll just set aside a little, you know, yeah. little corner you for your Lance flat Bass Stanley. to pay me $100,000 to put a, yeah. a flat Stanley. I think there's a photographer that's, you know, brought put on some uh, some equipment to take pictures, you know, that would be for them. I'm sure there will be pictures anyway. But yeah. that was the other big the big thing. All right. So, well, Good luck. Fingers crossed. Keep our our eyes on it. All right. Uh, An Iowa woman has recovered a sentimental treasure lost during a devastating tornado that swept through her town nearly 16 years ago. Last month, Marsha Mall's daughter, Hope Tompkins, happened to spot a Facebook post from the city of Parkersburg featuring an old wedding photo with two familiar faces. The post read, does anyone recognize this couple? And one of the many unclaimed tornado items from over the years. We're cleaning out the closet at City Hall, and we found this. Let's see if we can locate the family of the couple in this photo. Within 15 minutes of the post going live, Hope replied in the comments, that's my grandma and grandpa. Marsha Mall, uh, Hope's mom, soon reunited with the photo of her parents that she feared had been lost for good. Asked what it means to have the precious keepsake back, and she said it means remembering things from my mom and dad and stuff that we did. She said her father, who is dressed in his, a military uniform in the wedding picture, fought in World War II and took part in D-Day invasion in Normandy. So on May 25, 2008, an EF-5 tornado, packing winds of around 205 miles per hour, tore through Parkersburg, killing nine people. Homes were ripped from their foundations, and one of those homes belong to hope and when her she and her mom returned there after the storm they discovered they lost everything including the wedding photo we sat there and we were just devastated and now to have it back 16 years later kind of seems like a a miracle it's amazing to me too how much people care and to hold on to that stuff for 16 years and then to actually help and reunite loved ones with it. I I love it. Yeah. Um, 
I have, uh, sticking with the names mm-hmm. theme, I have a list of things that you wouldn't realize were named after people. Okay. For instance, Taco Bell. Bong. You know, you hear the commercials. Named after Glenn Bell, the founder. Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Main Street, San Francisco. Named after Charles Maine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are all Main Streets named after him, too? Mars Candy Bars, named after Franklin Mars, the founder of the company. Lake Mountain, is named after George Lake. You would think it would be named after the scenic lake on top of the mountain, but it's not. Here's one. German chocolate cake. My, I saw this one recently, and it really floored me. Right? Yep. My father-in-law brings over a German chocolate cake the other day. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, now where did the Germans come up with coconut? You know? The coconut is tropical. How did this end up on the German chocolate cake? German chocolate cake is originally called German's chocolate cake because it was... Developed by a man named Samuel German. I had no idea. Or at least named after him. You thought it was after... I did. The Germans. And Unilever? And I was always kind of thinking, why didn't we have that for dessert at Thanksgiving? If we were German. Yeah. Because it's it's not German. Okay. By the way, Samuel German was an American. Uh, Lever 2000 Soap, Unilever, the company, named after the Lever Brothers. Shrapnel, named after Henry Shrapnel. Burns-O-Matic Torches, which I always thought, you know, these are the, mm-hmm. the power torches. Otto Burns. How interesting slash ironic that he came up with the power torch. And Gasoline is actually named after someone, John Castle. It's a long and convoluted story, but he came up with this, I guess, proprietary blend and called it Castleine, named after himself, John Castle, and decided to change the C to a G, and now we have gasoline. Wow. So... Things you didn't realize were named after people. Yeah, we really went down a rabbit hole of names in this top five at five. You know, I tend to go down a rabbit hole when it comes to projects for the house, whether it's Pinterest or I'm looking at just little things that you can do. But when it comes to your home, one quick way to make a really big difference is by changing your front door. And Dalco Home Remodeling custom makes their doors, and they do it Right here in the Show Me State. Dalco, by the way, also does windows, energy-saving replacement windows. But what I like the most about Dalco Home Remodeling is that the team is customer-focused, meaning they really care about who they're working with, and they want you to be happy when they're finished. They won't be finished until you're happy, to tell you the truth. And I think it's one of the many reasons they're celebrating 50 years in business this year. But back to the... Doors. They don't just do front doors. They do sliding doors and French doors. Any kind of door, they can make it. They can also, you know, stain it or paint it to any color. So if you're looking to make a change this year, call Dalcombe Home Remodeling and make an appointment 314 298 7300. You can also check them out online at DalcoHomeRemodeling.com. But 
as they've always said, if you buy somewhere else and find out how much you could have saved at Dalco, you'll blow your stack. So don't blow your stack. Call Dalco first, 314-298-7300. Let's talk a little sports with our sports director here at KTRS, Brendan Weesey. I saw that the Cardinals announced four Hall of Fame nominees. And I'm wondering, how do we decide who the nominees are? By the way, their starting pitchers, Steve Carlton and Matt Morris, shortstop Edgar Retria, and outfielder George Hendrick. So there's a blue ribbon panel they uh, that's constructed of media, former players. I think uh, I think both Tony La Russa and Whitey Herzog have served on the panel and maybe still serve on the panel. So... Yeah, I think that's a, a good collection of folks. That our own Martin Kilcoin is is on the panel, I believe. Oh. So they're able to kind of put their heads together and come up with a, with a good list. And then, of course, the fans will will vote for a uh, for a representative. And I think they've got uh, a, another from. They don't call it the old timers ballot, but one from not quite uh, present day I baseball got, yeah. and. Um, I think they've done a great job so far. I, I'm surprised somebody like Matt Morris isn't already in the Cardinal mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. And, and throw Edgar Renteria in there as well. Both of their Cardinal careers may be not quite as long as others, but especially Morris during uh, you know his early days before injury and even after injury. Dominant starting pitcher for the Redbirds. So would like to see Matty Moe get a bid, and maybe this is the year. Interesting. Blues, man, they continue to just struggle. Well, they continue to not be overly consistent, and at times it looks like they're going gangbusters, Uh and other times, as we're in right now, another losing streak. And tonight, it's like my golf game inconsistent. (laughs) A lot of our golf games, (laughs) right? It it feels like tonight is big because this is a four game homestand. Four game homestand. You lose tonight, you're one and three on that homestand. That's a major disappointment for I think coming out of the All Star break. You looked great in that game after throwing another dud right before the break. You bounce back, you win big, but now. It, it seems like tonight is is somewhat critical. One of their young uh, former top draft picks makes his debut tonight. And they really feel like this might be the infusion to the offense that we need? I, I think it's it, it might be part of it. Uh, at this point, you're trying to see what sticks and what doesn't. And I think for the Blues, for you know, you'll go through stretches where you, you think you figured it out and then others where... It's uh, again, they don't look like a playoff team at all. And that's sort of that's been their story, I think, for for much of the season. And uh, they've been able to hang into playoff contention. This is starting to feel a little bit like last year, though, because around this time we were saying the same thing. And then ultimately comes the trade deadline. You move a bunch of pieces and you basically say we're we're op- we're cashing out on mm-hmm. this season. And they haven't done that yet. But uh, these next few weeks, next few games, I think are going to be pretty critical. We need to win. No doubt. Uh, City SC opens the regular season this weekend. Saturday night, they'll take on Real Salt Lake. This is the start of the MLS season after you played 
in the opening match of the Champions Cup on Tuesday. So that tournament continues. You win that game, you'll play Houston again on Tuesday. MLS play starts Saturday, and I get it. It's still confusing, and, and <laughs> yes. I think for some folks, you just you, you sort of throw up your hands like whatever. And I will say, I think that the, this tournament structure it's a, it's it's a major tournament, and St. Louis has a chance to to play for months in this tournament if they continue to win. Meanwhile, the MLS season it goes on seemingly forever. Mm-hmm. So. Are I, the like games going to gonna be on Apple again? They are. Uh, it, it sounds like they're going to be a lot less freebie games this year. Like I, I had it last year through T-Mobile, mm-hmm. which was great. They're not doing it again. And, and from what I understand, there will be fewer free games. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the smartest play for a, a league that's still growing, but we'll see. And, and I'm sure they'll add free games along the way, but... It sounds like you're going to have to pay for that. Or if you're now your your season ticket holder, I I think you're able to get that service for free once again. But if not, you're going to have to uh, buck up the uh, the cash. It sounds like. Are there any preseason rankings? Do we know is Real Salt Lake any good? Uh, Well, they played last night. They played last night against Messi's uh, Miami team. Yeah. So they're they're both both teams kind of in the same boat, having already played a midweek game and city then has to turn around and play again, I think on Tuesday next week. And then you play the next Saturday. I think it's four games in 11 days for city to start the year. That's a lot. Yeah. So they're trying to manage their roster while trying to put the best team out there possible. And again, realizing it's still really early, but I think they want to start this thing with a bang again at home and an opportunity to showcase their team. And uh, uh, I'm sure a bunch of fans excited to see them out. There was not a sellout Tuesday. I know it will be on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Let's switch to basketball. Illinois got upset last night by Penn State. March Madness is going to be... Starting a little early. ...madder than ever, right? It'll be crazy. And Illinois, really good team of of our local teams, really the only one that's got a shot at March Madness unless Mizzou and Slew cash in on like a million to one shot in their conference tournaments. Illinois, not only in the tournament, they'll, they'll have a great chance. And I, if I'm an Illinois fan today, I'm not sweating last night. It's disappointing because you had, I think, a seven-point lead inside a minute. It was double digits in the second half. Terrence Shannon went off, had 35. That's a tough – and they played in their ultra – Penn State's – one of their old, older, smaller yeah. gyms they played in last night. So it's got that real kind of tight. Hoosiery feel. It does have a hoosiery <laughs> feel, no doubt. And Penn State capitalized on some of that madness, uh, magic, and stormed the floor after well, the win, which is always ice cool in the to veins see. Of, I don't remember who was on the free throw line and made all three. All three, right, on, on that foul with, uh, with four seconds to play. Knocks down all three free throws to give Penn State the win. And yeah, if you're Illinois, you're you're bummed, but it's on the road. It's not a great Penn State's not a great team, so it, it's a small mark on Illinois' resume. But I still think they're poised to get a top four seed, and if they play well in the Big Ten tournament, maybe even better, maybe like a two or a three seed. And I do think they're situated with their roster to make a deep run, really good guard play, knock down some shots physical enough on defense to give you a run for your money. So I, I, I like Illinois to, to to be a factor in March, no All doubt right. about it. It's 
fast approaching. What's coming up tonight? Martin is live at 6 o'clock tonight. He's got this Irish band in studio with him tonight. Oh. you have to hear it to, to, uh, to, to kind of take it in. And our good friend Rich Savosic will be on the call with us uh, at Arch Madness in a couple of weeks. Ben with me at 7. We'll do some winners and losers surrounding this Mizzou Athletics Department debacle this week with Desiree. So you want to hear that tonight starting at 7. All right. We'll be listening. Thanks, Brenda. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Josh. Now to some entertainment news. As Josh alluded to earlier, Jelly Roll is gearing up for a big 2024. This morning he announced his Beautifully Broken Tour, a trek that will kick off in late August and keep him busy for the next couple of months. He'll be here at Enterprise Center on October 23rd. Tickets go on sale Friday, March 1st at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster. I think that'd be a great show. I might have to get tickets. Jelly Roll. Mm-hmm. Wendy Williams has been diagnosed with primary progressive aphasia and frontal temporal dementia. That's the same thing Bruce Willis has. According to a press release, the former talk show host, who's 59, in case you're wondering, received her diagnosis last year, and her medical team said the conditions have already presented significant hurdles in Wendy's life. They added that she is still able to do many things for herself. So... Speaking of the talk show host, Kelly Ripa and her husband, Mark Consuelos, tried to keep their 1996 marriage a secret from their All My Children soap opera colleagues for months. That is, until Wendy Williams dished details of their sweet nuptials on her former radio show. Kelly explained, we'd eloped. It had been a few months at that point. We'd been married for three months. Nobody at All My Children even knew we were dating much less married to each other. We're brushing our teeth, and we've got Wendy Williams' radio show on. We're listening, and she's like, I've got Celebrity Dish. She said the celebrities, I guess, they had a broad use of the term back then. And it was the fact that the two soap stars from All My Children, Kelly and Mark, had eloped in Las Vegas. How did Wendy find out? There was somebody there who took a picture, and that show, her radio show, was, was kind huge. of well, it was huge, and it was kind of dishing, dishing. the dirt. Can we yeah. talk? Yeah, exactly. Can we talk? Uh, there's a bit of a Devil Wears Prada cast reunion planned for Saturday. Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, and Emily Blunt are going to reunite on stage as presenters. Saturday's 2024 SAG Awards. The awards stream live at 7 p.m. on Netflix. That is a chick flick, but I love it. It's a good one. It's a good one. I think it's a good movie. So someone compiled a list of the movies with the most confusing endings based on how many people Googled them because apparently they didn't get it. Yeah, I got the uh, list here, too. You do? Let me take a look. Uh, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. I... I didn't have any problem with that. I yeah, thought it was pretty was simple. Pretty that one I felt was pretty cut and dry. Yeah. yeah. That's at 10. The Shining, also up there. That Fight one. Club, I never saw. Or should we tell people what the endings are? No. That one's also really cut and dry. Fight yeah. Club. I mean, that Memento, we- I do think, was a little weird. Uh, It was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Barbie, I thought, was pretty simple and straightforward. Does Barbie have a twist? A plot twist? Not really. Mm. Uh, Interstellar. I haven't seen that yet. Uh-uh. It it's very philosophical at the end. Is that is that Christopher Nolan? Yes. Yeah. A lot of his movies 
Yes. Are like that. Memento, by the way, our first. Yes, another Nolan. Our first dose of Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Uh, Oppenheimer. Another I, another Nolan. Yeah. Nolan. Inception. There you go. Christopher Nolan. Keep it going. Mm-hmm. Tenet, uh, is Tenet on? No, Tenet's no. not on here. American Psycho. I was just going to say that. That one that is, one that is, one is a, a little... Weird, what, why, what's weird about that? What At the end, is it all real? All is it all in his Well, no, because the director says that it all happened. So there you go, Josh. Mm. It is confu- You got confused by it. Oh, I guess, I guess I'm the one who's You're confused. You're the one, yeah. Huh. Um, no Country for Old Men. I don't remember how that ends. It was. It just kind of ended, but I really liked the ending. It made sense to me at the time. Okay. I couldn't tell you what it means now, but at the time, it made a lot of sense. And then at the top of the list, Shutter Island. That was all in his head. Uh, no. Well, they were... I thought we're not telling people the right. ending. We're, we're it's, not going to. It's, it's not quite all in his head, but it's not exactly it's not as it real. seems. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, finally, a couple of birthdays. Josh, Drew Barrymore is 49 today. And you know what I love? <laughs> okay. Uh, she was surprised by the cast of Facts of Life and I, on her show, which except for Tootie. Kim Tootie Fields wasn't, wasn't there. there I was the rest of them. in the studio during a commercial break with the Carney show, and me, Julie, and Max were living it up, uh-huh. talking about Joe and Blair and, Blair. and Natalie. Yes, and Carney is looking at us going, what the heck are you guys talking about? Well, he'd never seen Facts Alive. He's not that old. I mean, he might have been well outside of the Target demo. Okay, but you still know what's going on. There's a lot of he things. <laughs> he was not aware. All right, Rachel Dratch is 58. That's your evening entertainment report here on the Big 550 KTRS. All right, let's wrap this Thursday up and head into Friday. We'll do that with some randoms. Neuropsychology has shown that short-term memory lasts 15 to 30 seconds. Speaking of memento. Wow. After that, it either has to be encoded as a long-term memory or it starts to decay. Immediately. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's why. Maybe that explains my Friday nights. That's why you can't find the glasses, Heidi. That's... I was going to say, that's why I can't ever remember someone's name. Oh, well, yeah. You just you gotta told encode me it. four seconds ago what your name was, and I've already forgot. Tic Tacs are almost pure sugar, but since each one has less than 0.5 grams, legally they're allowed to say sugar free. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's all sugar. That's great. That's good. That's uh-huh. all it is. Man. And Columbia was the last Ivy League school to accept women in 1983. Holy cow. Hmm. I can't believe it took that long or that we let it take that long. Well, it might have. I mean, I went to an all-girls school. And sister schools, yeah, I guess. Yeah, there was probably to. other options for that. That does it for us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully, you'll come back and do the same thing tomorrow starting at 3 o'clock. And until then, see if you can put a smile on somebody's face. Whatever gets you through the night.